Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person. And I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring an offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Um, we are in a series about Thanksgiving. The text we're going to be in today is Matthew chapter 13. If you want to take your Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. It's the first gospel. If you do not have a Bible, we have a Bible we would like to give you. And right after the gathering, right here in the altar room on the Modesto campus, we have a team that is available for prayer, and we have Bibles there. And we would love to give you a Bible. We would love for you to have a copy of the Bible that you might have God's word for yourself, for you to read on your own. The text that we read, the majority of them will be on the screens also, in case you don't have a Bible. That way you can follow along with us. Before we get into the text, I want to address a few things. One, I want to say thank you to everyone who participated in Thanksgiving Reach. Let me give you some stats. There were 104 volunteers, there were 250 drivers, there were 320 homes that groceries were delivered to, and there were 300 personal invitations for people to come to church at Big Valley Grace Community Church. Is that not incredible? That is awesome. The church, the body of Christ being mobilized to go out as followers of Jesus to make an impact in this world bringing the gospel with us as we go and we build bridges in this community that the gospel might walk across it. Big Valley Grace Community Church, great job. Way to go. Keep it up as we're continuing to learn what it is to love our actual neighbor and challenge one another to do the same. Also want to share with you to be in prayer for the Stoppy family. Pastor Brandon Stoppy is our worship pastor, and yesterday was his wife's due date. So if you can be praying for him, and that represents lots of families that got babies on the way, babies are here, and uh, let's be remembering them in prayer. Additionally, I don't want to forget what we talked about last week as we handed out this card and challenged our church family to be in prayer for one another, especially for those who are our brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who are experiencing persecution in this world right now. Specifically, we asked for seven days, would you pray for those Christians who are in India who are experiencing persecution? And I wanna begin our time this morning by praying for them to continue to remember them. Father God, Lord, part of the body of Christ that is the body of Christ we are a part of we have brothers and sisters, other members of the body of Christ who are experiencing persecution right now. They are experiencing persecution, oppression, opposition, because they have associated with Jesus Christ. They have claimed the name of Jesus Christ. 
And God, right now, we are partnering as the body of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are partnering with our brothers and sisters who are experiencing persecution by praying for them. And God, we ask that you would strengthen them and that you would encourage them and that right now, as we pray, they would be built up and they would be encouraged to be able to withstand the oppression that they are experiencing right now. God, we also remember this local body and this group of believers. And for those in this local body and this group of believers who are experiencing things right now that are very difficult, opposition, obstacles, circumstances that are very hard, God, we ask that this group of people, this part of the body of Christ would be strengthened as we focus on Jesus Christ and encourage one another to do the same. That by being here with the family of God and worshiping God and being in God's word and being in fellowship with one another, that we might be able to strengthen one another for the things that we are facing right now. And so God, would you help us as a church family? Would we be different and better for you because we've been here together today? And so would we honor Jesus Christ in everything we do? And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen, amen. amen. I wanna remind us of a challenge, a God-sized goal that we looked at during the Grace Transform series. That we would glorify God through exponential discipleship. That means every person who's a, body, a part of the body of Christ would see themselves as a part of the Great Commission, a part of reaching people for Jesus and discipling people for Jesus so that there would be a result of disciples making disciples making disciples, exponential discipleship, and that God would be glorified in it. How does that happen? It happens because the grace of God has transformed our lives. And the challenge that we are putting before our church family is that we would live different. We would live as people who have been changed by the grace of God. We would live as citizens of heaven. That's what the Bible calls us, citizens of heaven. And that we would accept the challenge to live as a citizen of heaven and to go and to love our actual neighbor. This means people who believe, who believe in Jesus Christ, and that's every member of the body of Christ, who are being an influence to the people around them. That means being led by the power of the Holy Spirit of God impacting those who are around us, that we might win them to Jesus Christ. That is evangelizing and sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with those who are around us. And as people come to faith, that we might come alongside them to equip them and to disciple them. And if it's our actual neighbor, that we would disciple our actual neighbor and that we would multiply that effort and we would lead others to do the same. We need to be ready for the opportunities that God is gonna open up if we're asking God to open up opportunities. It was Thursday at 5 p.m. I was holding my four-year-old daughter's hand. We were walking down the driveway and I saw my next door neighbor and I just said, hey, how's your wife? And my next door neighbor said, we need you to pray for us. I think that is an open door. <laughs> and so I asked him, may I pray for you right now? And with some timidity, he agreed. And right there on the sidewalk in front of our two houses, 
I prayed for God to strengthen him and his family in Jesus Christ. The next day, we took cinnamon rolls over, said, hey, we're praying for you. And I met his daughter, and his daughter said, we need you to be praying for our family. Wow, God. So my wife and I, we send my neighbor, we send him a message, hey, we are praying for you. And he responds back, thank you so much that you and your wife are praying for my family right now. I was totally not expecting that. Gotta be ready. Gotta be ready. God opening up doors right then. They're asking me to pray for them. What is God gonna do in your neighborhood? What are the doors he's gonna open up for you? If you are praying for God to open up doors, we need to be ready that they swing wide open. And when they swing wide open, we step into those and boldly we proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. And we see what God's gonna do with that. So exciting to see what's happening. And that story is being multiplied in our church and it's gonna be multiplied in your life too. So let's dig into our text together. Matthew chapter 13. I'm gonna read verses 10 through 17. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Then the disciples came and said to him, said to Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. I want to give a challenge to you, and the challenge I want to give to you is that during this week, you would read the entirety of Matthew chapter 13, and that as you read the entirety of Matthew chapter 13, that you would then have discussions with those that you are in relationship with about what you've read in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, the gospel writer Matthew chose to collect a number of parables and put them in a chapter together. When he wrote it, it wasn't broken up in chapters, but in our chapters, we see that they're collected together. There are many parables that Jesus told. These are not all of the parables, but there is a good chunk of them that are in Matthew chapter 13, and I wanna challenge you to read them. A parable is a story that communicates the truth of the kingdom of God. And as he is sharing 
these parables, he's speaking to a crowd of people that is very diverse from many different backgrounds. There's a very specific set of cultures that are in that group of people. And the parables take things that are familiar from the surroundings, things from the natural life, and the parables take these familiar things and they, help use, they use them to help explain a spiritual truth about the kingdom of God. As we walk through this passage that explains why he uses parables, my hope is, is that it would give you some great gifts so that as you go to spend time in Matthew 13 on your own and have dialogue about it with others this week, that you might really see these parables in a new light and really receive all that God wants to give you through them. So, in verse 10, the disciples came to him and said to him, why do you? And this is a very common question. I sat with a number of people this week who were asking this question about God. Why do you, God? Why do you? Why do you do the things you do? Why do you act the way that you act, God? Why do you allow the things that you allow? This is a common question. And in this moment, the disciples come to him and say, why do you speak to them in parables? That's what they were wondering about. Why do you speak to them in parables? So, as we look at this text, I want to give this as our objective, that we would receive the purpose of the parables that Jesus intends in three gifts, that we would receive the purpose of the parables in three gifts. And gift number one is awareness. It's awareness. The parables, they graciously communicate the secrets of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The parables communicate them. They give us awareness about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. In verse 11, they, okay, so they ask a question, why do you do this? And in verse 11, he begins to answer it. He answers it in multiple ways, but he begins the answer here. He answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So here in this verse, Jesus is explaining there are secrets of the kingdom of heaven. At the, later in Matthew chapter 30, uh, 13, it says that he was speaking to the crowds only in parables. He only spoke to them in parables. And it was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. In other words, there was a prophecy that the Messiah would use parables to share the things that had been hidden, the hidden things of God that had been hidden since the foundation of the world. And Jesus is saying, I'm fulfilling that prophecy right now. I am speaking in parables for the purpose to show the kingdom of heaven and its secrets. In this passage, there's two groups. It says, to you and to them. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not been given. And in this passage, we see that distinction between two groups. Let me read to you some of Matthew chapter 25 that explains a little bit about the only two types of people that exist. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. I want you to imagine Jesus coming in glory with angels and sitting on his glorious throne. That is the context for this. Before him will be gathered all the nations. So now all people are gonna come before Jesus on his glorious throne. 
And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. As Jesus comes in glory and is on his glorious throne, he will gather everyone together and he will distinguish two groups. The passage goes on to say, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Passage later goes on to say, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these, those on his left, these will go away into eternal punishment, but those on his right, the righteous, into eternal life. That passage is clearly communicating there are two groups of people. One group of people is blessed, one group of people is cursed, one group of people is heading towards destruction, and one group of people is heading towards blessing with Christ for eternity. And so in this passage, Jesus is helping us understand that the parables give us a gift, and it is awareness, awareness of the secrets of kingdom of heaven, and it is awareness of righteousness. It's awareness of righteousness, that righteousness exists, that righteousness is true and is real. And the parables give an awareness that righteousness, it is real. Some are given access to the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. The next verse, verse 12, for the one who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. It's a progression. The one who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. The one who has, Romans 5, 2 says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. In other words, if you have Jesus, you have. You are in the group who has. And if you have Jesus, you have Jesus because you've placed your faith in Jesus. And because you've placed your faith in Jesus, you now stand in his grace. You stand in his grace and you have the ability to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The one who has. The one who has, more will be given. In Romans 8, 32, it says, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also give with him, graciously give us all things? So the one who has, more will be given. If you have Jesus Christ, if God has given you his son, will he not give you then all things. The one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. Jesus said in John 10, verse 10, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. As Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he explains how this is possible. He says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God. So we have not received the spirit of the world, we have received the spirit from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Because we have the spirit of God, we can understand the things of God. For the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. The parables are a gift, and they are a gift of awareness, awareness of righteousness, an awareness of what the scriptures title, the righteous one. 
and the righteous one is Jesus Christ. And the parables bring awareness of Jesus Christ. Now, to some, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven will be taken away. There is a group. To some, they have the secrets of the kingdom of heaven taken away because the next verse in verse 12, in that same verse, the later half of it, it says, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. From the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Again, when Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he explains how is that possible. And in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, the natural person does not accept the things of God. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. If a person does not have the Spirit of God, they cannot accept the things of God. If a person does not have the Spirit of God, they will think the things of God are foolish. If a person does not have the Spirit of God, they are not able to understand the things of God because it requires the Spirit of God to be able to understand the things of God. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The first gift that the parables give is awareness. It's a gift of awareness. It's making us aware that there even are secrets of the kingdom of God. And when we come into contact with the secrets of the kingdom of God, we either become aware we understand or we become aware we don't understand. And that is a gift. To know that you understand or to know that you don't understand. That's a gift from God. And that leads us to the second gift. And that is a gift of conviction. The parables graciously confront with the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. As the secrets of the kingdom of heaven are shared in the parables, they come to us face to face and they, they really force us to make a decision, to have conviction, to make a decision about Jesus and what he's communicating. In verse 13, he says, this is why. Again, he's answering the question, why do you speak to them in parables? And in verse 13, he now, he's continuing to answer the question. This is why. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they don't see. And hearing, they don't, they don't hear. Nor do they understand. Jesus goes on to then explain a prophecy that is being fulfilled. And this prophecy is about missing the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. That's what the prophecy is explaining. That there's a group of people who are missing the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. In verse 14, indeed, their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. So, God speaks through a prophet to show that there will be a group of people that they will hear the truth of God, but they will not understand it. And they will see the activity of God. And they won't perceive it. And I want you to realize that those people are standing right in front of Jesus when he says this. He's saying there's a group of people who will hear and they won't understand. In other words, you're hearing me, but you don't understand what I'm saying. The group of people is standing in front of him and he's saying, you will indeed see, 
but never perceive. In other words, you see me and you see what I'm doing and you don't perceive. That would be like you looking at the person next to you and saying, you see me, but you don't see that I'm here. That's not gonna go well for you. They're looking right at him. They're hearing what he's saying, but they don't understand and they don't perceive. Like he wasn't even there. And this prophecy goes on to explain how this is happening because there is a problem. And the problem is that people are rejecting the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem is that the people who are missing it are missing it because they're rejecting it. Listen to what the prophecy explains. Verse 15, for this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed. Let's walk through this statement. For this people's heart has grown dull. The scripture uses a number of illustrations to help us understand the state of a person's heart. Scripture says that we should guard our heart because it's the wellspring of life. Think of a bubbling spring, a bubbling spring of life. The scripture gives a warning that we would not have hearts of stone. The scripture makes contrast between a heart of flesh that's pliable and open to God and a heart of stone that is rock hard and hard against the things of God. And he's saying, for this people's heart has grown dull. It has changed from a heart of flesh to rock hard. Dull, just like a rock. This people's heart has grown dull. With their ears, they can barely hear. I don't think this is saying they're having hearing loss. I think this is saying they're shoving dirt in their ears so they won't hear the truth because they don't like the way the truth sounds. So they're filling their ears, they're blocking their ability to hear. Why would I say that? Why would I think that they have some activity involved in the fact they can't barely hear? Because the next thing says, and their eyes, they have closed. They did it. They've closed their eyes. They see the truth and they purposefully close their eyes so they no longer have to look at the truth. This is a group of people whose hearts are rock hard and they've shoved dirt in their ears so they, in their ears so they don't have to hear and they have purposefully closed their eyes. This is describing a group of people that are operating the exact opposite way they've been designed to operate. A heart is meant to pump life through you. Your ears are meant to be able to receive the wonderful sounds that are all around you. Your eyes are meant to be able to see the beauty that surrounds you. And this is describing a group of people who are operating in the exact opposite way of the way that they've been designed. It's a really, really sad state. Now, what is incredible 
about our Jesus is the next part because it's a possibility. It's the possibility that even though these people are missing it and they're rejecting, there is a possibility. And the possibility is to turn. To turning towards the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Verse 15. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. The word repentance means to turn around. Repentance is to turn away from sin and to turn towards the righteousness of God. Repentance is to turn away from the evil things I'm pursuing and to turn towards the holy will that God has for my life. Repentance is a wonderful word because repentance describes the action of turning away from death and turning toward the author of life. And in this moment, he is showing there's a possibility. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn. And I would heal them. Is there anyone here where you turned and God healed you? I'm so thankful that God allowed me to turn so that I would experience healing in him. That he would not leave me in a place where my heart is stone and my ears are full of dirt because I shoved the dirt in there. And that I can't see anything because I've closed my eyes. And the great healer where I was blind, now I see. I see Jesus. And I'm so thankful for that. This leads us to the third gift. Gift number three that the parables explain, and that is blessing. Gift number three is blessing. Parables graciously give the secrets of the kingdom of God. Parables graciously give the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Verse 16, but anytime in scripture... Things are really, really bad. And then you see this word show up. It's an awesome sign. But things are really horrible, but God shows up. Things are really bad. Hearts are stone. Ears are full and eyes are closed. But God shows up. And he looks at the disciples whom he loves and says, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. What an incredible thing for Jesus to look at them and to say, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Ephesians chapter one, verse three says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. How much did God bless you with? If you have Christ, you have all of the blessing. If you have Christ, there are not any blessings he held back. He has blessed you with every blessing in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus, blessed are your eyes, for they see. And blessed are your ears, for they hear. Because you can see Jesus and you can hear Jesus. 
You, if you have Jesus, you are blessed. You are blessed. Ephesians 4 describes that the grace of God equips the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain all of the unity and the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If God has a fullness of a gift he wants to give you in Jesus Christ, why stop short? Why go halfway? If God wants to give you the fullness of his blessing through Christ to you, then receive it all. Receive all that God wants to give you in Jesus Christ, that you would experience the full measure of Jesus Christ. So my encouragement is that we would receive the purpose of the parables in three gifts. And as you read Matthew chapter 13 this next week, that this encouragement would help you to receive the things that God wants to give you. And as you have dialogue with those who are around you, that you would encourage one another to receive the purpose of these parables. Gift number one is awareness. It's, it's uh, God is giving the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Awareness of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Gift number two is conviction. Conviction about the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. And gift number three is blessing. It is blessing by the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. At the end of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus wants to make sure that his disciples understand what he's shared in all these parables. And so he says, for truly I say to you, oh, excuse me, before we get to that part. He closes this passage in verse 17. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and they did not see it and to hear what you hear, and they did not hear it. In other words, there are people who longed, they were hoping to see Jesus. They were hoping to hear Jesus, and they never did. There are people who longed for it. They looked after it. They wanted it. They wanted Christ to come in their time. They wanted the Messiah to come in their day, and he didn't. People longed for this. People longed for what you have. Do you realize that people long for what you have? People long for it. They long for it. Many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and didn't see it. And to hear what you hear and didn't hear it. And that's why he's saying, but you are blessed. Because with your eyes you see and with your ears you hear. So at the end of the chapter, Jesus asked them a question to make sure that they understand. He says, have you understood these things? And the disciples said, yes. Now, because I'm a little bit cynical and probably more sarcastic, I read that right there and I go, really, did they? Did they? Did they really understand? I don't know. But they say, yes, we understand. But he's making sure that they understand. He wants them to understand because he then says this. Therefore, every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. He says this after he shares all these parables. He says, if you understand the parables, you have the treasure. Jesus is wanting to give us 
treasure, the treasure of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, the treasure that is Jesus. Jesus is our treasure. And he pulls his disciples aside and said, do you get it? Do you understand? Do you understand what I've told you? Jesus is giving these treasures and the box they're wrapped in is called a parable. And so he hands us the parable because he wants to give us a gift and there's treasure inside and it's wrapped in what is called a parable. And as you spend time reading, my encouragement would be receive the gift. Receive the gift that Jesus is wanting to give you, the treasure he's wanting to give you. The secrets of the kingdom of heaven, they graciously give us hope. They give us hope. And as Jesus shares these stories, these parables, they give us hope. Paul writes to Timothy and he gives Jesus a name and the name he gives Jesus is Christ Jesus, our hope. That is the name of Christ. He is Christ Jesus, our hope. It's the reason why all of December, we are gonna do a series called Hope Has a Name because we want to point people to hope who has a name and that name is Jesus. And when you came here today on the Modesto campus, you were given a flyer that says hope has a name. And my clear challenge to every one of you is I want you to pray over this flyer and ask God, who are you going to give this flyer to? And invite them that they might come in December to hear about Jesus Christ, who is our hope. That you would be the person who is the influencer as a citizen of heaven who's influencing that you would invite somebody to come to church in December. And so my challenge is, please pray. Please pray over the actual piece of paper in your hand. Pray over that one and ask God, which person should I actually give this piece of paper to? Because it's not about the power of paper, it's about the power of God. And what God wants to do simply through you to invite somebody that they might come and hear the gospel. We are gonna share the gospel throughout December. And so invite somebody, invite them. And see what God will do as you boldly make yourself available to be used by him. Boldly. Seeing opportunities and doors that are being swung right open in front of you and boldly walking through them. Let's stand together. Father God, Lord, thank you for this opportunity to come together as the family of God. We love you dearly. We wanna to continue to grow in love for you that our love would increase more and more. Continue to work in us as a church family and continue to call us to the things that you have for us. May we honor you in everything that we do. We worship you. And all God's family said in Jesus' name, amen.